Uh, all right. I guess we'll just talk about the stupid hockey teams. <laughs> Come on. It's the Risto reunion. It's so, <laughs> it's going to be such a hilarious game. God. Welcome to checking out the competition, Buffalo Sabres. I am joined by Joe Yarden, who is the best Buffalo Sabres person on the face of the planet. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Kelly. I'm freezing, but, you know, it's Buffalo. So, like, what do you expect? It's it's the middle of January in Buffalo. Of course, it's freezing cold. Like, But, I mean, aside from that, the hockey's hot. No, it's, that's not hot. Hey uh, <laughs> uh, I don't really know what's keeping me warm these days. I guess it's just being inside constantly. So, that's good. I No, it's bad. Well, never mind. Anyways, we're doing- anyways, we're, we're, we both have hockey fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be a, a great and thoroughly enjoyable hockey podcast for everyone else. <laughs> oh, man. But at least you have snow. It's just uh, cold here. We had like two feet of snow at one time. I know. I don't, I don't think you want that. Oh, you honestly, definitely don't want that there. Like, you don't want two feet of snow in Philly. No, I do. I do. No, you do no, stop. You, you do not want that much snow. At one time, the, the city yes. would be crippled for a month. I know. Wouldn't that be great? I, okay, so you're <laughs> you're extremely anarchi- anar- anarchistic. Yes, that's the word. I mean, you know, obviously... Well, you're a the, Flyers fan. Of course you're anarchistic. Like, you know, it, it, everything computes. You know, the universe centers on me, for me. Well, I, I, I would I hope so. Like that's the way it's supposed to go. And right. I can work from home and I really enjoy the snow and like, I don't really need any food right now. So if it were to dump two feet of snow right this second, I'd be pretty pumped about it. Hmm. Well, I guess when you put it that way, I get it. I like playing in the snow. I'm sorry. What? I like playing in the snow like a child. Oh, well, I get that. You need, to you need more snow-related joy in your life, Joe. Isn't Listen, it? my joy this week has been digging my car out of the street. <laughs> like, digging a trench around my car so it would be easier to move it, like, two days later. So that way I wasn't digging it all out when it was melting and weighed 10,000 pounds. So Yeah, that course, part's you know, fun. Of course, it, you know, I mean, it melted a little bit that day, and then now it's now it's frozen in place. Like there, like we actually, finally, like many days later, we had, you know, snow removal people go by yesterday and all I could hear was, and I'm like, yeah, well, you could have got this when it was soft instead of frozen to the ground. But no, it's, it's too difficult. I did actually see a lot of, I'm assuming it was from you because you probably, probably the only, I was very bitchy about it. I did kind of see that they kind of uh, fucked up the snow removal, which is surprising to me. My uncle <laughs> lives and well lived in buffalo and i like the vibe that i always got was like yeah it snows a lot here but mm-hmm. we just deal with it really well so it's not really a big deal like nothing really shuts down because we get snow all the time we know what we're doing but it kind of looked like they didn't well it does snow a lot and we do deal with it but the wrong people deal with it the most i.e us you know the, <laughs> the city the city and decides like nah nah we don't we don't need to, we don't need to do anything. Well, let's wait for it to melt a little bit. Then we'll, you know, maybe then we'll get after it. But mm. people well, don't want to hear about the civic problems of Buffalo, though. That's, I mean, well, maybe that's more entertaining than hockey at this time. Right. Maybe, maybe that's more enjoyable, more cathartic. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm supposed to talk to you about hockey eventually. So this is the first Flyers-Buffalo game of the season. Which is weird to me, but then I remember that it's actually only halfway through the season, which feels impossible um, because time remains not real. Um, But we haven't seen the Sabres yet, which means that Rasmus Ristolainen is going to get his triumphant return to Buffalo. Do you think that the tribute video will be plus or minus 10 minutes long? (laughs) I'm hoping for a half-hour Montreal Canadiens game ceremony yes uh myself i think that would be the most appropriate thing to honor yes a, a franchise legend as as rasmus is i i i do hope there's at least a video i hope it's not just like them 
cutting to him sitting on the bench and being like, we want to welcome back Rasmus Ristolainen. And then, like, have him just, like, wave to people, like, the yeah, 8,000 yeah. people that'll be there, maybe. Like, I don't know. That's, like, the, fourth, that's the fourth liner treatment. I don't yeah. think, I feel like the number one defenseman for nearly a decade gets a video. I would, I mean, it's been a bad, it was a bad decade. It's a really there, bad. Imagine, <laughs> there was, though. There were no highlights. How, like, imagine how many hits. How many well, hits yeah, they're going to get to put in the video? Well, they, well, there's plenty of hits, and then there's plenty of silly goal celebrations, which I love. Mm. Like that's my favorite, one of my favorite things. I there's a lot I like about Risto. Like it, we, you know, we bust his chops about you know how it's not been great, and you know how the team, according to the numbers, which are always correct, of course. I'm I'm not saying that sarcastically. We we've, we've already we've already been down this road. The numbers are always right. Well, he wasn't very good uh, uh, at all. Uh, so, but so, like, I could take joy in so much of everything else about it. I mean, he was he was a constant, you know, lightning rod for, you know, discussions of is he good or is he not good? And people who watched the game were like, well, he hits hard and, you know, he gets points in the power play and he does really good. See? And then the numbers people are like, no, the team is literally worse every minute he's on the ice. And they're like, well, can you tell? And it's like, well, yeah, fair point. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you can actually figure these things out to a degree. But yeah, it's, um, but there's so much, there's so much about him that I just, I really enjoy. I kind of enjoy that he was really aloof here or yeah. he was just like purposefully aloof. <laughs> I, I can appreciate that. Like he was always um, first guy, like after they get off the ice, he was first guy out of the building. He was just like, nope, see ya, peace going going home like okay well i get that I that a lot i don't like to hang around at work after my shift is over yeah, exactly exactly but like if we needed to talk to him we had to like request it before practice started just so it was just like okay <laughs> let's we can make sure we get him <laughs> so he doesn't like running out the door bye see ya like i mean he's it's, he's not like it's not like other former sabers who would roll in just before things would start and then be the first guy out of there afterwards which <laughs> Again, I can kind of respect, but I also understand that, you know, being a professional athlete is a little different, I guess. But, um, but yeah, but with like Risto, he, he's just, he's just a funny dude. He's just a, like, he's just a really funny guy. Like he's a huge NBA fan, which I don't think anybody would have ever known ever. Like they just wouldn't suspect it, which I mean, that's fair. He's, you know, big dude from Finland. There's, there's only what, what one Finnish NBA player, Laurie Markkinen. I don't even know if he's still in the NBA, so whatever. But like, he's like a huge NBA guy, which I don't, I, I was hoping he would exploit greatly with the Sixers, but I guess the Sixers have got their own issues too. But um, at least drama anyways, I don't know. It, ben Simmons is still a Sixer, I think. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm kind of assuming that... Um... Ristolainen is not allowed to have any show of public fun that Flyers fans generally would eviscerate him if he were to be seen enjoying his life outside mm -hmm. of hockey. Because when the team is bad, obviously, all players must live in misery until they write themselves on the ice. Otherwise, they don't care. It's I don't true. know if that's a narrative that's ever happened for you in Buffalo, but we get that a lot. <laughs> The uh, I don't know if you've ever heard, but the uh, the nightlife in Buffalo not really a big scene. It's uh, it's it's a pointed complaint by ninety eight percent of the players in the NHL. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's uh, not really a thing you had to worry about. It was it was a thing we heard about with Evander Kane because he somehow found the places that were that were <laughs> cool to go with. But I mean, um. It's yeah, I don't know. It's nightlife you're looking for. If you want to have like a couple of beers with your buds, Buffalo is a good place. Oh yeah. Like if you like sports bars and you like, you know, clubs that are trying really hard to be clubs, then yeah, Buffalo's great. I was gonna say, like, if you're looking for like a club with bottle service and a lot of like super hot models, like maybe Buffalo is not the place. Mm, not thinking, not thinking it is. I don't want to, I'm not gonna completely take a dump on the scene because it ain't my scene i don't know if that's a big surprise but hitting the nightclub scene not not my thing um i for one am shocked to hear this but <laughs> if i if i was ever at a place with bottle service i would be like what how did i end up here like who took me here like this is wrong 
I would imagine that I would have to wake up. I would have to wake up in a place like that, like from some kind of a chemical induced sleep in order for me to even get to this place. Like I would have had to have been taken. <laughs> like, uh, are we talking like formaldehyde, um, yeah, you know, exactly. over the face drag there and then been like, yeah. here, you're in a club. Like what? No, this is, this is hell. The only way it would happen because I would not willingly walk through the doors. So <laughs> you'd have to be literally dragged in unconscious. Yes. Literally taken there. Um, yeah. So Rasmus Ristolainen, the thing that's really annoying, Joe, is that he has not even been as bad as I expected him to be here. That's a good thing, though. It is a good thing, but it's it's just like if you if we were having this conversation in October and I was imagining a scenario in which Rasmus Ristolainen was like a serviceable second pair defenseman on the Flyers. In that reality, the Flyers then are a good hockey team, because if that's happening, like surely other things must be good. Because Rasmus Ristolainen, despite arguments to the contrary from literally half of the fan base for some reason, is not good and has never been good. And if he's, like, not awful, in my head it meant that, like, everything else must also be good. Lifting, what did they say? The tide lifts all boats or whatever the hell. So the rising tide lifts all that's the one. boats. That's yes. the one. So, so if if Risto had been lifted, surely he was being lifted by a, an extremely good Flyers hockey team, and yet here we are, pretty wild. So that's that's, the, that's I think that's something that's kind of followed Ristolainen around, and it's not his own doing, mind you. But that's something that's followed right. him around, where it's like, wow, oh, hey, you know, this uh, there's no way that the the worst thing could happen. There's no way like there's there's two possibilities, either like this is a really good thing or this gets way worse. And you never think the way worse thing is possible. And you're always proven. Well, at least in Buffalo, you're always proven wrong. It's, it's like that here now, too, because like I'm thinking back to like the, the tank years and people are just like, well, you know, this is this is this sucks, but at least it's for a good thing. And then, you know. Two co you know, two coaches later, it's like, well, it can't get any worse. And then, you know, Ralph Kruger <laughs> rolls into town and starts ruining everybody. <laughs> and then they're like, oh God, it can get worse. Yeah, yeah, it can always get worse. So every year I will catch somebody on Twitter telling me, well, it can't get any worse. And I go, can it? Have you seen it get better? <laughs> like, tell me when there's been an active improvement with all of the, with this entire situation. I think Charlie actually tweeted today that, like, at the end of last season, the general consensus was like, okay, that was hideously bad. Everything that went, everything that could go wrong for the Flyers went wrong. Surely this season will be better simply because it can't, like, that can't happen again. Everything can't go wrong again. And uh, yes, it can. Yeah. Sure, it can. It can happen over and over and over again. It, it, the only thing that that changes are the reasons like it can be as bad. It can be worse. But like there are different reasons why. Yeah. You know, like last year it was, you know, Carter Hart, Carter Hart was just like in the world's worst funk. And you're like, OK, well, I can get that. You know, you, you kind of ignore the other problems that are there because you're just like, well, what are you going to do? The goalie can't stop anything. You know, yeah. you ignore everything else, which is kind of what happens in Buffalo now because they're down to their fifth goalie. Um in the in their lineup so you know that's that's what will happen but um sabers fans have gotten wise to that now they're like yeah 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 the goaltending stinks but these other guys also really stink whereas before you could just be like well you know hey what are you gonna do and i think in philly's case they thought well you know ristolain is the exact kind of guy we wanted here you know forever you know big dude hits you know, he can do some stuff like, hey, cool, this is great. But then you ignore Ivan Provorov, who is kind of the left-handed version of Ristolainen at this point, which is really a huge bummer because I do like Provorov. And if he's right-handed, then I screwed that up. No, he is left-handed, but also I hadn't, like, framed it in my mind that way. Oh, I'm sorry. Now you've done it. It's uh, very depressing because it's kind of accurate, at least this season. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. Which drives me nuts because I like Provorov quite a bit. And yeah. I, I dig when he does a lot of cool stuff. But, like, I'm not watching the Flyers enough to know how often he's not doing cool stuff. So I don't know for sure what the deal is with him. I just know that 
anytime I see anybody talking about him on the part of Flyers Twitter that I follow, it's not generally very positive. Yeah, the thing that we've, I think, learned about Ivan Provorov is that, so we thought we had a, a 1A, like a number one defenseman. We do not have that. You could argue he is a two. However, given that, I feel like if you have a, in my mind, if, you, if you're a good number two defenseman, if the one goes out, you can still carry that top pair and it's going to be effective. It's not going to be as good, but it'll still be effective. I think Ivan Provorov might be like a really strong three because he can't seem to carry a top pair on his own. He needs Mm -hmm. a good defenseman next to him to carry the pair. So unfortunately, I don't, I'm not even sure that like on a cup winning team, I'm not sure Ivan Provorov is a top pair defenseman, which is a very depressing reality to settle into. But here we are. Um, have the Flyers rescued Ryan Ellis from the Phantom Zone yet, or is he still gone? So, if you can provide me with tangible proof that Ryan Ellis exists, <laughs> I am not sure he's a real person. I'm not sure that he exists outside of the Matrix. I don't know if he's ever been in the city of Philadelphia ever in his life. I think that that might have been, we might have like Mandala affected ourselves into believing that we traded for Ryan Ellis, but it didn't actually happen in this timeline. Um, so yeah, there's no Ryan Ellis. He's not, he's not a thing. Cause it's weird. Cause I, cause the Sabres were playing Nashville last week and I definitely saw Phil Myers and I go, oh, right. They have him now. I was like, what happened to him in Philly? I was like, oh, oh, right. Right. There was that trade for that guy that played what one game for the Flyers this year, if any. I don't, not even one sure. Entire game. I, one whole game. My goodness. Entire game. He, uh, yeah. So I guess, I guess maybe I'm supposed to look at that hockey game, which I was not physically <laughs> present for, and that is supposed to be proof to me that Ryan Ellis exists. But I, I simply don't believe it. It seems like a deep fake, uh, I think so. kind of, kind of thing. Like they just found, you know, some other guy with like a red beard, and they're yeah. like. Uh, let's just, let's just put his head in there. Uh, why does that guy look like Scott Hartnell with a beard now? That's that beard looks like it's drawn on. I don't know. I don't understand what's going on here. Why is this number 43? What's what, what is going on here? I don't understand. I live in the hipster center of the city of Philadelphia. And I'll tell you what long orange beards are a dime a dozen. You can find any guy, put some skates on him and then deep, deep fake Ryan Ellis's face onto him Mm. for one hockey game. And all of a sudden now you've completely scammed this entire city of Philadelphia. <laughs> See, I knew this deep fake technology was going to be, was going to go sideways at some point. I didn't right. expect that it would be professional sports doing it. It's so you, goodness. you already brought up the goaltending, which is a thing that I was going to get to with you because um, doing my very extensive preparation for this podcast, which involved pulling up the Buffalo Sabres stats page on NHL.com. Um, I noticed that there are six goaltenders <laughs> listed for the Sabres. Mm-hmm. Who is the Sabres goaltender? Uh, currently, it's Aaron Dell. He is Aaron their current Dell. number one goalie, which if you look at his stats, uh, you will you might understand why their record is what it is. Yeah, 893. Mm-hmm. Not, not great. He's been good since he's come back up. Because okay. he was sent, he was sent to Rochester. Oh my God! I'm just looking, looking at the injury list on Hockey Reference right now. There's 11 guys on the Sabers list now, which is cool. amazing. And that's not counting Jack Quinn, who just went on it today. So that's great. I'm pulling that up too. I muted myself so you wouldn't hear me typing. I just read an article about Jack Quinn on the uh, Guy by the Blade website. Didn't he? He just played in Dallas and had a very good game and now he's hurt. Yeah, he played uh he played a week or two ago against Tampa, then he played last uh last night Thursday, Thursday night against Dallas and he got his first NHL goal, looked really good and then he sort of disappeared. Like he was kind of like what happened there? Like okay. Like they, you know, things got ugly at the end of the game so there were much more distracting things to 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 wonder, mm-hmm. wonder about, but um but yeah, he apparently got hurt and now they got to further check him out and 
that's when uh what led me to believe now that they have to raise KeyBank Center and just <laughs> scorch the ground, scorch the earth, burn the ashes, and just build anywhere, literally anywhere else in the city, and just be like, you know what, it's fine, fine, we should be done with this place because it's obviously very haunted ground. That it might be a good idea. Is that? <laughs> Do you guys have anybody on the COVID list right now? I see Dustin Tokarski is listed mm -hmm. as health protocols. Yes, he's been there for about a month. Oh. Um, yes, he's had a he's had a very difficult time uh, with COVID. I mean, obviously he was he was um, he was vaccinated. Yeah. Um, but he got a case of it, and he's it's kept him off the ice for almost a month now. It's oh, wow, that's terrible. Yeah, like he's he's practicing again and he's getting like he's getting back up to speed and, you know, kind of getting maybe getting his uh, his endurance back a little bit because whew, I mean, that's it's really bad. Yeah, it was December 2nd. He went in. He went in um, COVID protocol and it's now it's, it's six weeks later. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, six, seven weeks later now he's he's still in COVID protocol. And uh, yeah, it's. It's weird, but like he's at least skating now, so that's yeah. good. Craig Anderson's skated for real today, so that was that was a pleasant surprise. He's he's one of the Magic Six goalies. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, Tukarski's got the most uh, starts, but that's because Anderson got hurt six games into the season out west, and then Tukarski was his backup. So then Tukarski took over. Then Tukarski got COVID, so they called up Lukanen, who then Lukanen. Lucan and Dell were the the pairing. So Dell got a bunch of starts. Then Dell was bad. So then they they got they traded for Malcolm Subban. Yeah. And then Subban and Lucanen were the were the tandem. And Lucanen hurt his hurt his lower body somehow. And then Subban uh, got landed on by Pat Maroon against Tampa a week ago. And now he might be done for the season um with some kind of upper body thing it's like a shoulder or arm injury and then so they had to sign and call up mike michael hauser who was one of their goalies last season when they had a, a separate goalie apocalypse um and hauser hauser got a win uh, the other night against who did he beat who did he beat uh i'm forgetting i forget everything is a blur now it's just everything is a bad ugly blur as far as this goes but yeah it's yeah, so like the the goalies as it stands right now are Dell and Hauser. Um, that's the uh, the 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 one two punch as far as that goes. But Hauser played one really good game, which is cool. Aaron Dell's played a handful of decent games lately, which is better than before, where he was giving up you know five six goals a game and you know making everybody feel like wow we got to actually trade for a guy because this guy's not getting it done. Okay, cool, but um, yeah. It's uh, it's it's something else. It's really it's really stunning how it's like two straight years of of you know goalie goalies just exploding and pieces being scattered everywhere. But this year at least there's the added touch of COVID absences and everybody else getting injured uh, simultaneously. So it's 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 really cool. It's it's, it's extremely cool. It has some very. Uh... I think it was 2018 or 2019 Flyers vibes where we iced like mm. nine goaltenders, I think, over the course of the season. So you guys are getting there. That's, uh, you know, the, the Sabres have had this thing happen to them before. Now, granted, in those years, it was because they were either, well, they were definitely trying to lose, but they also had, you know, injuries. But then they also, there was the 14-15 the season where if you were a goalie and you started doing very well, you got traded immediately. Because they're like, listen, you're playing way too good for this team that's supposed to be awful. Get out of here. Like Jonas Enroth getting traded to Dallas for Anders Lindback. Lindback's save percentage at the time was like 890-something. Enroth was, you know, Enroth was doing fine, but he was doing too well for what they were aiming for. And then they bring in Lindback, and Lindback was lights out as soon as he came in. <laughs> he, he was like playing his playing his ass off and he looked great. And then suddenly it was just like, what are we going to do? Like, this stinks. So how's life post Jack Eichel for the Sabres? You know what? It's, 
that was that band-aid needed to get pulled off so long before it was like they just needed to get that trade done months before it happened like it was it got way too ugly way too nasty with not even with jack and the team because you know after the you know the stories came out afterwards you know jack had asked for a trade a year before that um and which led the team to decide oh crap we have to try to keep jack here so let's go sign taylor hall which backfired you know jack gets injured he's out then taylor hall's just kind of like what am i doing here this sucks <laughs> like please trade me <laughs> <laughs> so you know like all of, like just everything that they tried to do to try to try to convince jack like no man we're really serious we mean it we're, we're gonna win failed like it all failed so bad and then you know the the whole thing with the neck injury and them just being like no no we're not we don't want you to do that we don't care that this is what you want to do our doctors disagree okay i mean that's the doctor's perspective but then then you get robin leonard coming out of the woodwork to be like yeah no their doctors suck they're they they led me to get injured more i was like oh Jack, what do you what do you think about that, Jack? And Jack's like, oh, I got nothing to say. You got nothing to say. Like, okay, all right, but you saying nothing basically means you kind of agree. <laughs> you could have been like, no, 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 those guys do really good good work, and that's fine. Yeah. But considering you were saying, no, man, this operation I want, you're not letting me get, so you guys are full of it. Um, but yeah, like that, and the trade that that happened was like one that had been semi rumored for a few months, and yeah. The fact that it took as long as it did, it was just like, guys, like, Jesus, you could have done this trade three months before. Like, and, you know, that way Eichel would have been able to play more of the season, which, you know, maybe the Sabres are thinking like, yeah, we'll keep this guy off the ice. <laughs> but, you know, joke's on them because he might be a, he might be back in the Vegas lineup when the Sabres get to play them uh, twice in a month. So, oh boy, that'll be hilarious. That will be, I, you know, I don't do gambling sports gambling at all but i can't wait to see the odds on eichel scoring a goal against buffalo in either of those games because if they if they result in making money i am in baby yeah it seems like a you might even go like hat trick in one of those games <laughs> i'm expecting an ovech trick honestly mm -hmm. but you know i mean hey timo meyer just went for five the other day so like hey Eichel getting nine against the Sabres if they're icing, you know, ECHL goaltenders, very likely. That was fun. I um, I saw someone when, uh, what's his face, Meyer scored those five goals. I think the Flyers as a team had scored five goals in their like previous week of games, which was just like good times. That's, that's always helpful. It must be so fun having good hockey players on your team. Uh, I, I guess. I don't know. We, there were good players here in Buffalo. It's just, you know. You do awesome. They, they did extremely well. Um, everybody else failed them around them. Management, ownership. Um, yeah. Some, some of the media really hated those guys, so that, that didn't help things. Well, not me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be subtweeting, subspeaking myself and saying that. I, you know, listen, if a guy doesn't give me a great quote, I'm not going to call him pissy or you know bitch at him like i'm just not just not gonna do that i'm just gonna be like all right man like cool i'll just i'll, I'll wait a couple weeks before talking to you again like that's fine <laughs> wow what a um crazy idea being professional at your job um yeah so speaking of good players who is playing well for the sabers right now ones that are healthy yeah let's go with those okay uh well tage thompson's been outstanding all season he's um He's a, he's been the most stunning revelation for them um, okay. because he had been not scoring very well since they had acquired him in the O'Reilly deal, which <laughs> the graveyard of bad trades for the, the Sabres. Um, but like his previous, his previous career high in points had, you know, had been 14 and that was last year. Um, and he's already, he's already flown past that. He flew past yeah. that a few weeks ago. You know, he's already, he's, you know, every goal he scores is a new career high for him. Um, and he's playing center, which is a position he hasn't played since high school, maybe college. Like oh, wow. that's, it's, it's been a long time, but you know, Granado wanted to give him a shot at it because honestly they're desperate. 
you know, they had they had they were looking at what Middlestat and Eakin and Cousins as like their one, two, three up the middle with, you know, with Jack out, obviously, you know, with Jack gone. Like they didn't have a whole lot to deal with. Like they were kind of auditioning guys for the third and fourth line center spots. Like Zemgus Gergensen's hadn't played center since like twenty fifteen. And they're like, hey man, why don't you give it a shot? Um <laughs> so I mean like they were trying anything they could to, to kind of fill the void. And Tage took to it right away because as it turns out, everybody who had been coaching him up until now was trying to make him into a power forward because, I mean, you know, let's face it, he's six foot seven. Um, he's a huge dude. He's got a huge reach, you know, big body, um, but he's six, seven, 220. So he's, he's kind of skinny. Like that's, yeah. you know, he's, he's still strong. Don't get me wrong, but like, he's, you know, he's not built like a, it's not built like Ovi. He's not built like, you know, Pat Maroon. Well, Pat Maroon, I'm more built like him, but, um, but guys, you know, guys that are like traditional power forward size, like he's not built that way. Um, but he grew up as like a smaller dude. Like he had a growth spurt kind of late. So he developed like all of his like puck handling skills and, and stick handling and stuff where he's really slick. He's, he's really good with that stuff. Um, but like he had all these skills, but people were just like, no, you got to drive the net. You got to, you know, you got to throw guys around. And it's just like, dude, I, I can't keep weight on. I can't, you know, I'm trying to gain weight, which I was just like, you bastard. I wish I had that problem. Like, just please. So, um, but I, but like they were, people kept trying to make him something that he wasn't, his mind wasn't set to do that. And he, you know, he wasn't actually built to do that, even though he's got the frame for it, he wasn't meant to do that. So instead they put him at center and it turns out he's a really good center because it put, it keeps him in the action more he's very good at, at being able to distribute the puck and you know he's not terrible on face-offs either like i know face-offs don't really matter but i mean they do you know every one out of every five seems to matter but um but he hasn't been awful at it so uh it's really worked out well for him uh that he's been so good uh alex tuck one of the guys they got in the in the eichel yeah. deal has been great um He's the exact, he's the power forward that I think everybody wanted Tage Thompson to be, but Tuck is that guy. Like he's a, he's a bigger dude. He's very active. He's a good skater. He's really good at forechecking. He, he PKs, he's, he's on their top line. Like he's, he's been really solid. Um, it's, I mean, it's very early for him here now still, but like he's been, he's been great. He's been, he's been absolutely super. Um, and let me see. Um, Skinner's having a bounce back year, which is nice. Like he's scoring goals again, which is cool. Like that's, you know, playing him with guys that can help him score was a mind bending, uh, you know, change of pace from what they'd been doing the last three years, playing him on the third line or fourth line or not playing him at all. Like it's weird. He's making $9 million a year when you want to put him with people who can help him score. They're like, nah, he can, he can play with Vladimir Saboka. Like, Oh, okay. Good idea. Yeah, that's that's cool. Where is he playing now? Oh, right, he's he's back in the Czech Republic. After they they just like let him go, they were just like, yeah, bye, see ya, no more. But yeah, it's um yeah, like those guys are playing really well. Darlene's putting up a ton of points. Some people are starting to get Risto about him though, because they think his defensive work is very poor. Now he's been very good since since the beginning of December. Um. There are still some of those defensive bumps, but listen, Ralph, Ralph Kruger spent the last two years trying to make him into um, like Jeff Bukaboom or, uh-huh. you know, like somebody, somebody who can just defend and threw the shackles on him offensively, which, you know, again, a lot of people in the Sabre circles are like, well, you can't blame Kruger anymore. I go, can't you? Like the guy was 19 and 20 when he's being told like, no, don't do everything that made you really good. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, like that would stick in my mind for a long time at that age, like people that told me stuff when I was that young that like they were critical of me of, I am still scarred from that stuff. Are you kidding me? Like, Oh yeah. So, so yeah. So I, it, you know, anybody in a position of authority that tells you like, no, what you're doing is wrong. You're going to be, it's going to be in your head constantly. But like the way Darlene played against Dallas on Thursday, Holy crap. Like that's, that's the number one pick in the draft that played that game. Like he, he scored the first goal of the game and he just like, he gave like a little shoulder shake and was right around a, a Dallas defender. Then he came in and he deked around. He made, made Miro Heiskanen 
look a little tough on that play too, which, you know, that's the guy everybody's like, well, you know, he's getting the better guy now. And it's like, okay. You know, of course, nobody, you know, Kale McCarr is the guy now, but, you know, he's yeah. going to Darlene were, you know, virtually the same age. So it's, so it's like that. But, um, but yeah, like Darlene, you know, but like you're, you can find a lot of debate about Darlene. People are, half the people are ready to move on from him and half are just like, no, give him time, which unfortunately is kind of that Risto territory. And as far as discussions yeah. go, I don't, I don't necessarily think they're the, they're the same player, but there are metrics that you can find that, that compare them a little bit too similarly, which is frightening to say the least. So, um, so yeah, like there's, you know, the, the younger guys that are in their lineup are the ones to watch. And that's the, those are honestly the ones that anybody should really care about. Like just as long as they're playing well and developing correctly and, and doing things the right way, that's what, that's what to watch. Like don't really get hung up on the wins and losses. I mean, you know, it's hard not to, because you're, if you're watching the games, then it's kind of like, you'd like to see them win, but, um, but if they lose because like, well, for example, they, they lose the Dallas game because Cody Eakin takes an awful penalty, an awful and lazy penalty than which they scored on the power play and took the lead. Like, okay. Like you lose that game because some guy that's not going to be there by the end of the season did something dumb. Like, okay, that sucks. But also it doesn't affect the, the young guys because the young guys all play great. You know, cousins had an amazing goal. Quinn gets a goal. Darlene has the you know, three points and, a, and an amazing goal. Like, cool those are the, those are the goods to take away from from games this year it's you know if like you know under you know if, if Vinny Hinestroza does something that you know costs him a game like oh bummer you know if you know anybody who's not going to be on this team next year does something to ruin a game for him like yeah whatever okay suck it up and deal how's uh how's Bobby Haig looking for you guys I'm sure people are curious you know what he's been really surprising um I think when when he was part of that deal, I think everybody kind of thought he was going to be the number seven defenseman, like kind of in and out of the lineup. Okay. But he he really established himself by being really solid defensively. Um, and when he was paired up with uh, Mark Pesic, like that that was their strongest defensive pairing uh, at the start of the year. Like they they were both you know Hague was playing really well, Pesic was playing excellent. Um, you know, it was it was it was surprising. You know, like there, I don't know that there were a lot of expectations on Robert Hag because you know, listen, he was he was a contract to move in that in the Risto deal. Like I get it, right? Um, but he's perfectly serviceable veteran. Like that's, I mean, that's all you can ask for. Honestly, that's exactly what they need. They probably could use another guy like that at least to kind of steady things now. Um, but to have him in there, like when he was out recently, he missed a few games with an injury they did not defend very well at all. Like they, they looked, it was a little bit uglier back there with other guys taking up that, taking up those minutes where he was, you know, where he was getting defensive time. Um, so that, that was tougher, but when, you know, since he's been back, it's been a little bit better. I mean, it's tough to say it's that much better when they're giving up 45 shots a game. Um, and their power, their, their penalty killing, uh, went one for five against Dallas. Like that's, it's not what you want. Like, that's not great, but, um, but he's been, he's been, he's been fine. Like I, if somebody's complained about the Sabres was Rob, how Robert Haig was playing, I would hope that would mean that they've lost three games all season <laughs> and that, you know, they were just finding a way to nitpick things because uh, of the, of the things you can get mad about in this team. I don't even know he would crack the top 25 reasons why. Yeah. So what are the Sabres doing? Like, is this team rebuilding? Are they like rebuilding on the fly? Are they back to tanking? Like, cause I can't really tell from the outside mm-hmm. based on the moves that they're making. Like what, where are they going from here? This is a, this is a rebuild. It's, it's, yeah. it looks like it's kind of on the fly because there's a lot of young guys in the lineup that they're very high on. Right. But it's, it's, it's extremely a rebuild. Like you don't, you don't move Ristolainen and, and Reinhardt and Eichel in one off season and think that you're going to be trying to make a run at a playoff spot. Like that's, that just ain't happening. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's not the way things work. Um, especially in Buffalo and you know, the goaltending, like, you know, listen, they signed Aaron Dell and Craig Anderson, like at you know nine o'clock at night, the day of, you know, the first day of free agency opening, like, cause it's my gut feeling that they thought they had a deal done with Allmark to bring him back. Mm. And then Boston gave him another year. So he's like, all right, bye. See ya. 
And then they were just kind of like, oh, crap, we don't have anybody else in mind. Okay, well, who's available? <laughs> let's let's find – here's some guys that have played in the NHL. Let's get them. Cool. Done. Um, so, I mean, you know, you, you, but, like, you don't roll into a season with, with Craig Anderson and, and, you know, Dustin Nikarski and Aaron Dell and think, yeah, we can we can make a run of the playoffs. This, this seems good. <laughs> I mean, just, like, you know, Craig Anderson was was, you know – this close to retiring after last season when he was the the number three for Washington. And he was like, even then he was like a, an emergency signing after a Lundquist uh, wasn't able to go. So it was like, you know, he's and like Anderson's always been really good. He's always been a really good goalie, but like, you know, he's 40 now. So I don't know. You're not really expecting him to, to play 60 games for you. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because it is it is a rebuild, but also you're getting so many of these guys learning experience at the NHL level, and that's they're going to take a lot of lumps for that. Um, but it's good to have a guy like Granado, Don Granado, running the team because he's he's an upbeat dude. He's a very solid coach, like coaching guys to be better. Um, and he's a you know he's just him being a, a more positive guy and not like a not a tear you up and down passive aggressive kind of coach yeah. um, or directly aggressive as it, as it may be like, that's just not how, that's not how he does things. Like, I mean, he's super nice, but like if you start screwing up, like he's, he's going to let you know about it. Like he's not, he's not a pushover coach, but, um, but I like, I like what he's a lot of what he's doing. It's very tough to be hypercritical though, because again, half this team is, are guys that aren't going to be around next season or the season after that, maybe like, you know, I, it, as long as the guys that you want to see get improvement and get better, um, that, you know, are going to be are part of your long-term outlook. then that's, that's what I take away from. I think that's, that's how you judge how Don Granado is doing. Like if you see like Darlene's, you know, kind of getting back to normal, you see Dylan cousins improving, you see, you know, Jack Quinn, if he, you know, injury aside like if he comes up and he sticks around and he plays so much better then okay that's good um uh, uh matias samuelson Jell samuelson's son um is now up with the team and like he's been outstanding he would have made the team out of camp if if he didn't get hurt in a in a scrimmage um but he uh but he's up now and like he shouldn't go back down like he's an nhl player um but as long as you see him continue to improve because his improvement's been amazing the last couple of years um but like, if you, as long as you see guys like that getting better, then I think everything else is a wash. So one thing I've been trying to do since the Flyers have turned to garbage in these little pregames is um, try to find like a comparable game recently on a team schedule. Like I was talking to uh, someone about the Canes, mm-hmm. and I was trying to find a game, you know, where a a bad team beat the Canes kind of you know just kind of talk about like how can the flyers go about doing this like how did the ottawa senators beat the canes that shouldn't happen mm-hmm. what happened in that game to make it happen and so i'm looking at buffalo's schedule and i can't really find a game in which a like a, a really bad team beat buffalo it seems like buffalo's beating the teams that are worse than them like they beat montreal they beat the senators mm-hmm. Yeah, so I can't even find a comparison to force you to talk about. Um, so, like, if the Flyers were to beat the Sabres, and I'm not sure how much you've been keeping up with the current Flyers, but it's, it's like, it's real bad. Like, it's remarkable to me that there are, I think, four teams below them in the standings right now. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how mm-hmm. it's going to be worse than them. Um so if a team, like let's say a team like Montreal, where nothing is clicking, nothing is going right, they can't buy a win, how would a team like that go about beating the Sabres? Like, I, I guess goaltending is a weak point. Um, defense is probably a little bit of a weak point. But but where do you find a win when you're playing the Sabres? You find it in the third period, honestly. Um, the entire season. Like, they've had issues holding leads. and for a, I think for a part of the year is because they just wore down. Like they just got tired in the third period because the, the style of four check that they play now is much more active and much more and works much further up the ice, which is good. Like I, 
I like that a lot, but it's a big change because, mm-hmm. you know, because these guys have, you know, the guys that have been around for a year or two have been playing, you know, a more, not like a trap style, but like either like one four checker coming at you and then everybody else kind of waiting, waiting through the neutral zone. Um, whereas this is like, they're sending, they're sending two guys out to attack and trying to make you turn it over earlier up in the ice. And that, you know, that skating that much more, it's like doing, you know, like when they do Herbie's, um, you know, the back and forth skating and how, just how much that sucks. <laughs> but like, that's more of what they're doing. Like the, you know, the endurance levels have to get a little bit better, but you know, it's a COVID year. It's another COVID year. And like your, your endurance levels might be wildly different than they ever were before. They might not, might not be back to normal now. So like, it's tough. I mean, it's not like these guys are slobs and out of shape. Like they're, right. they are not, no. but, but that kind of change makes it, makes it can, has made it a little tougher earlier in the year. Now, now it's mistakes. Every mistake that they make ends up in the back of the net, which is that's frustrating for different reasons. That you know, part of that can be on the goaltending, but it also highlights the mistakes that are made a little bit more. So that shifts the spotlight. So if you got a young guy who makes a mistake, then it's just kind of like, oh, all right, fine. But like you know, like you see Cody Eakin take the, you know, one of the laziest slashing penalties I've ever seen, and that leads to a power play goal. Then you're just kind of like, all right, man. I can I can forgive it from these guys, but from you, absolutely not. So you know it's it's that kind of that kind of stuff. Like if if the game's close going into the third, or hell, if, even if you're down by two goals, if you pop one on them to to cut into that lead, Sabers get tight, mm. and they they start to not overthink, but they just start getting antsy with the puck. They start you know. You know, if they try to go full defend lead, then that doesn't really work. If they try to keep playing normal, sometimes, you know, holes will open up sometimes. But but they're, they're you know, because they're young, they're just kind of mentally, I don't want to say fragile, but like they're, they're just a little bit, they haven't learned how to put games away yet. Um, and, you know, I think to a degree, Granado hasn't, uh, totally put full faith into a lot of the young guys to throw them out there. Um, but there, there are some guys that he's, he's very trusting of like Matias Samuelson was in there helping to close out uh, the Nashville game. Uh, I think it was the Nashville game, but like he was being used in those, you know, those late minutes, you know, mm-hmm. like let's, let's hold the lead kind of, kind of things. And I mean, that's tremendously flattering for a guy who just got recalled, you know, a week ago. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's some of those guys that do it, but like, you know, if they're pressing for a goal or something like that, he tends to lean, lean into the veterans. Like, you know, you'll see a Pozo out there sometimes, which, you know, I don't have an issue with cause he's played great this year. He's, he's hurt again, but, um, cause you know, everybody's a hurt on the team, but you know, you'd see Gergensen's out there sometimes late in games and you're just kind of like, well, what's that about? You know, where, I mean, you know, no knock on Zemgis, but like. If I need a goal late in the game, I don't know. He's the first name I'm thinking of on the team, but, um, but yeah, they're, there's, they're so young that they, they haven't learned how to, you know, to totally put away games. Sometimes they can, but they're susceptible to like giving up a goal in that third period and getting really shaky. Mm. Extremely flyers. I, I actually really enjoying that right now, the amount of similarity between the Sabres and the Flyers is much greater than difference. The That's, flyer- um, I don't, I don't know if I'm taking solace in that from a Flyers fan. <laughs> oh, no, you shouldn't. It's bad. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's okay. The Sabres are doing the same thing. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. Um, Yeah, but I guess, uh, I don't think there's anything else that we need to talk about regarding <laughs> this hockey game. What's your prediction for the final score? Uh, pain. Uh, pain wins over agony. I think mm-hmm. okay. that can be uh, determined that however you, however you I was want just, to. I was just going to ask you which one was worse. I In my in my mind, agony is worse than pain. Mm. Agony feels more sustained. Yes. Yeah. Pain is immediate and recognized. Agony is like, yeah, I've had this pain and I've had it for X number of days, months, years, weeks centuries you know like that's <laughs> agony is definitely way worse because it's like just at some point you're just screaming just end it 
please just enough already just end the season god like fire everybody trade everybody i don't care they i need i need something different <laughs> yeah yeah that's the the i think the prevailing state of being in philadelphia as far as flyers fans go um i'm going to guess that the flyers lose this game because i'm leaning in and since they've mm. already lost 10 let's make it 11 why not um so I'm going to say three to one Sabres. Three one. Wow. I, I think if the, if the Sabres do win, it's going to be more like five, four, four, three. Okay. Because okay. um, I, I don't have faith in Buffalo goaltending and I can't have faith in Philly goaltending at the moment. Um, Literally the only thing going right. It is? The, another, wait, the Flyers goaltending is the only thing going right? Yeah, it, it's another thing about this season that's extra hilarious. And that Carter Hart was the worst thing about last season. And we spent a lot of time telling ourselves, as long as Carter Hart gets back to being Carter Hart, like, we're good. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. Carter Hart is 100% back to being Carter Hart. And the entire team in front of him is falling apart. So, uh yeah, the, the goaltending for the Flyers is actually good, but Carter is starting to show signs, I think, of um, the inevitable, you know, emotional breakdown that comes with your entire team being garbage and not being able to buy a win. Mm-hmm. Um, so he might start to, just kind of based on last season when he kind of went south mentally, he might start to go south a bit because... Um, He's been destroyed on the inside by the hockey. <laughs> the poor boy. I know. It, it's, yeah, we're just destroying, the Flyers are destroying a lot of lives right now, um, which is kind of rude of them, I think. But See, I, I, I'm having a thought now uh-oh. because the last time, well, I, I don't know. I think I saw Hart there last year during one of the 9,000 games the Flyers and Sabres played against each other. But um, but Buffalo is where Hart won the gold medal in the World Juniors. So that guys that that tend to come back to Buffalo that have really great moments there in World Juniors tend to play really well. So as long as Hart is the starter, okay. um, I'm going to lean hmm, – I think Philly could break it because it just puts guys in like the right frame of mind. Like uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov was part of the Russian team that won – um, that one here in what, 2011, mm-hmm. I think it was like, he was like that Russian team was nuts, but like they came back from a huge deficit against Canada in the gold medal game and like very hilariously beat Canada in, in that game because they couldn't stop anybody. Like, they, like it was like Panarin and Kuznetsov, like just a ridiculous team full of yeah. Russian guys. And like, they just had the monster third period and like, you know, ran, you know, one going away in the gold medal game. And every time Kuznetsov comes back to Buffalo, he like, he'll, he'll get like a, you know, goal on assist, two goals, like whatever it is. And after the game, we're just like, you know, what is it about playing here? He's like, Oh man, I love playing here. It's so good to play here. It's like, you know, one gold medal here. Like, this is great. This is like the best place for me to play. And I'm like, Oh, you're the one guy who likes this place. That's cool. That's nice yeah. for you. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know if Carter feels the same way about Buffalo. I mean, I'm sure he has nothing but, you know, good memories being there. But um, from what I've seen, guys that have had those really good high moments, you know, at least the, the junior guys, they come back and they, they have a really solid game when they play in Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. So maybe there's a, maybe there's a glimmer of hope for, for the Flyers. I don't know. Maybe. Is, is winning hope though? You experienced this in Buffalo. Like, (laughs) there gets to be a point where the winning is counterproductive. And only halfway through the season, the Flyers have reached that point because the playoffs are out of the question. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've never been a person that found myself capable of rooting for the team to lose like even even the terrible years, I'm like, no, I want them to win. Like, this is supposed to be fun for me. I like this. Um, but I, too, have been destroyed on the inside by the hockey. So <laughs> I I kind of at this point, I'm like, like, there's no there's no point. There's no point to you winning games. Be bad I, and maybe get a good draft pick. 
I think when it when it comes to that, I I subscribe to the uh, the theory that Red in Shawshank Redemption had, mm-hmm. where okay. you know hope hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can kill a man. And winning winning creates hope. And I, I mean, I guess in situations like Buffalo and Philly, it's a little different. Yeah, you know, I, I know Philly still hangs on to that that idea that maybe playoffs could happen, even though the East playoff race already seems set. Yeah. Um, but in Buffalo, winning winning creates creates a lot of hope because it's like, all right, maybe they're figuring this thing out. Maybe they're going to get you know, maybe the kids are all right. You know, things are going to get better here. You know, next year, the year after. But fans here have been sold that idea every year for the last 10 years that like, right. okay, you know, and it all, you know, it started with Darcy or gear after they traded Pominville back in 2013, when he said, you know, like that, that was the idea then that they were going to start re- doing a rebuild. And he said very famously, there's going to be, there's good, <laughs> there's going to be some suffering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think when you're in a position of power with a hockey team, don't ever say things like that because <laughs> they will come back to haunt you and the franchise for a long time because, yeah, because, you know, and, and there's been so many of those kinds of phrases uttered in Buffalo where it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, good one. You look back on it now, it's like, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Really? Oh, wow. You know, like Ted Black calling Buffalo hockey heaven. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> this is what heaven's like. What's hell like? You know, come on. <laughs> So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's things like that where it's, you know, you, you, it's, it's so easy to be hyperactively cynical in Buffalo. Um, I'm, I'm prouder of the fans that I've taken to, 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 to voicing themselves through gallows humor though. Like to me, that's, that's my favorite part of Leafs Twitter is the gallows humor. Like it's now that the Leafs good. are, Leafs are kind of, you know, the Leafs are good now. So it's a little bit, it's a little, there's more arrogance thrown in there. Um, you know, cause they do have like a top five player and blah, 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 you know, like whatever. Um, but like the gallows humor from Leafs fans is like beautiful flyers fans have great gallows humor. And to me, if you can find ways to have fun with, with horror seasons, yeah. like you're, you're a damn good, you're a damn good fan and you're way more patient than everybody else. You make a good point. I'll try to find some humor in this nonsense. If I you just, don't, you're gonna you're gonna go crazy if you don't. Right? I know. If you keep thinking like they're gonna turn it around, like no, you're no, you're they're not. It's just it's a bit different for me than you because you're like a professional sports writer, and yeah. I'm just a Flyers fan that for some reason has a podcast. <laughs> um, so like for me, I. Uh, I want them to win a lot of hockey games and I want to have fun. And it's just hasn't been for a long time. And I think there's been a lot of like deluding ourselves into thinking that fun was just around the corner. So like, (laughs) you know, this mediocrity isn't so bad because like any day now they're going to be good and it just never happened. Um, But yeah, you're right. Having it's supposed to be fun. You can find fun in misery. It can be there. If if I think if you just keep dwelling in misery with sports, it's just there's no point in it. It eats right? you alive. I mean, I I outwardly portray a lot of angst about the Detroit Lions because they're my horrible, awful favorite football team. But like the same point, I just you know, the the outward show of me being just like thoroughly disgusted is only it's my way of getting out of the system, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> because if I, because if I took, if I took, you know, if I took any of my teams so seriously that it affected my emotions day to day, I need help like that for me. Like I would need help because no, no, my compet- right. Oh no, no, my, my competitive side gets up like that. And I just get, gets, I get way too pissy, angsty, yeah. shitty about it. Like it's just the, everything about it. I'm just like, it drives me to, and I hate get feeling like I'm getting out of control with that. And like, that's can't. So like with, with the lions, like I can't live week to week with them because it's just losing, losing, losing. They suck. The jokes, everything is there. Whatever. whatever. Fig- call me when you figure it out. I'll be watching out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> 
That is excellent advice for Flyers fans because there are quite a lot of people that are still tying way too much of their personal enjoyment of life to the hockey team. And you have to decouple that or you're going to go completely insane because I think it's going to be bad for a little while. Um, Joe, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me, if you want to find my immediate terrifying thoughts, you can go to find me on Twitter at Joe Yerdon, at J-O-E-Y-E-R-D-O-N. Uh, I have a weekly podcast, uh, Sabres podcast, so soak you can soak in other people's misery at, on occasion. Uh, it's called Maintenance Day. I do that with Lance Lasowski from the Buffalo News. And I also write for occasionally for Dive by the Blade and even less occasionally on my own substack called Noted Hockey. So I got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. Noted hockey is very good. I would suggest people search that out. It's a fun little, I like, it's like a thought download from like someone who understands hockey well. And it's like a nice, easy little read once or twice a week. Or, you know, month, <laughs> however, however often it works out to be. I mean, that's kind of what's cool about Substack though, is that you just, when you feel like it plop something on there and it just gets delivered to people's inboxes, which is lovely. Yeah, and if I was asking people for money for it, I would feel way more guilty about not really updating it <laughs> as often as I do because then I'd be like, oh, crap, you're giving me money. Now I got to I... actually do stuff. Crap. Yeah, the worst. <laughs> Get paid for, for goods and services? Oh, <sighs> terrible. Thanks a lot, capitalism. Yeah. Joe, thank you so much for doing this extremely weird and angsty pregame with me. It's very enjoyable. Everyone, check out Joe's work. Check out his Twitter. Hope you enjoy the game. Go Flyers.